Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. So regardless of where you're at, God's word is going to minister to you and you will be fed with the heavenly manna today. Say amen. Praise God. Now, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings first today. We're going to honor the Lord. And I want you to notice something very special in the book of Proverbs chapter four. And this indeed is very special. And while the book of Proverbs is loaded with many nuggets of wisdom, you want to look at Proverbs four, verse seven. And this is something interesting because even when Dr. Billy Graham went to minister in Japan uh, years back, there were not a lot of uh, Japanese people that gave their lives to Christ. But Dr. Graham did tell them that you, you need to read the Bible, the book of Proverbs, because it will help you. Now, of course, it's going to reveal the ways of God, but the book of Proverbs will help anybody. And if you love people and you want to see them do good in life, have a, a, a healthier nation, then you would point them to the book of Proverbs. And that's what he did. Look at Proverbs chapter four, verse seven. Wisdom is the principal thing. And it hasn't changed one bit in the thousands of years. Wisdom is number one. It's the principle or the key or the primary thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And then all your understanding, uh, excuse me, and, all, and, all, and in all you're getting, get understanding. The first thing that you're going to go after is wisdom. Why? It's the main thing that you need in order to succeed in life. And you're going to add to wisdom understanding. But I want to focus for a few minutes on the subject of wisdom because I get quite a few emails. And I, I see the emails when they come in, they get sent over to me. And uh, uh, for example, here's, here's a recent uh, thing that was just sent in from a brother. Uh, it said, uh, Pastor Stephen, I'm not able to tithe. I have too many bills. Now, let me respond to that just for a moment, uh, to that anonymous person, because I get many emails like that, and they are sincere. And you could say, in a sense, that the person has a money problem. They, they are saying they have too many bills, therefore they cannot tithe or give anything to God. And I'm not uh, doubting that. I, I'm sure that they do have, in those situations, too many bills. Well, Pastor Stephen, yes, it sounds like they have a money problem. Well, yes, on the surface, but that's not the core root of what their issue is. What is the main problem? They have a wisdom problem. And I want to say that again. The reason people don't tithe, I'm talking about uh, people that are believers, is because they have a wisdom problem. Wisdom is the principal thing, and you need to get it. Don't just think that it will somehow come to you. You have to go at it and go after it and get it. Woo! Wow. There's one scripture that says, buy wisdom. Buy wisdom. I've had people complain that, uh, that I sell my books and I don't give them away. <laughs> but the scripture says, buy wisdom. 
well, Pastor Stephen, somebody gave me a free Bible. Yeah, but so that's only because somebody else paid to have it printed and paid to have it published. Somebody else paid for it so that you could receive it as a free gift. And always remember, the person that stands in the greater place of blessing is the giver, not the receiver. Although we all have our own roles to play as receivers, but Jesus said, blessed or more blessed is the one who's the giver than the receiver. Woo, praise the Lord. So you want to go after wisdom, praise God. So while people often can have money problems, there's a deeper problem, which is a wisdom problem. And sometimes you need to sit back, particularly in the area of finances and say, have I disobeyed God somewhere? Mm, what scripture have I chosen to disobey? And it could be tithing. That's why the bills in a sense will always overwhelm. While there may not be poverty, there could be perpetual shortage and that's not God's will. God wants you to be in the overflow. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, this past week, I also re received an email from a former partner. And the partner said, uh, or former partner said, Pastor Stephen, I used to love your ministry, although it always bothered me that you talked about money, such as receiving the tithes and offerings. I don't know what the person thinks. I think maybe they think I'm sponsored by uh, Pepsi. Maybe they think I'm sponsored by IBM or by Facebook. <laughs> Woo. Well, I'm sponsored by the Lord who works through his people to support his eternal work. Praise God. But she said, well, Pastor Stephen, I stopped being your partner because uh, I didn't like it that you talked about money. And then, then after having said that, then she continues on and uh, describes how she is financially destitute, how her whole financial world has fallen apart. And she, and I'm not being silly or funny. She can't see it. She can't see that the financial destitution that she's in is because of direct disobedience to God's word. Well, she has a money problem. Uh, no. She has a wisdom problem. The money problem can be fixed. It's, it's wisdom. What is the primary definition of wisdom? Well, wisdom begins with the fear of God in the sense that you are going to obey the commandments. Wisdom is the ability to discern right from wrong, good from evil. In other words, if God says, do this and you'll live, do this and it'll go really well with you. And you say, well, I don't think so, God. I think I'm smarter than you. <laughs> and then, then all the trouble hits. Well, then don't complain. When, when the car breaks down and then you fall behind, you get an eviction notice and, uh, uh, and, and, there's, and you have no covenant with God financially. Now, if you die, you go to heaven because you have a covenant of salvation, but you have no financial covenant with God because you are not partnered with him in finances. And so uh, you take the whole hundred percent for yourself and you're still not making it. You're still drowning and you're using a hundred percent. God, God's only asking for 10. Now there are times when the Holy Spirit also leads for offerings. Okay. But God technically is only asking for 10. Uh, but people say, no, Lord, I'm going to take not only 90, I'm going to take a hundred and they're still not making it. 
And here's the truth. They wouldn't make it with 110%. They wouldn't make it with 120%. If you double their income, eventually, eventually, they're going to still end up in money problems. Why? There's a wisdom problem. And it's rooted in disobedience. Mm, mm, mm. Praise God. Praise God. So for those people that run into these um, uh, great financial problems that just continue and continue, you know, um, maybe there's a part where they should just say, well, this is what I, this is what I had coming because I chose to do it my way instead of God's way. You know what? Um, I heard a pastor recently say a really good man. He said, you know what? He said, it's shocking in my church how much uh, money from Facebook ends up in our, our church treasury. Now, why would that be? Well, he has employees that work at Facebook. But here's something, my friends, you need to understand. Okay, especially let me talk to those non-tithers just for a moment that are in the church, but you're a non-tither. Let's talk just for a moment. You have to understand that with many of these uh, global companies, uh, these tech titans or whatever they might be, if you work at Facebook and you contribute to, let's say, you're, you're a tither, you work for Facebook, and a tithe is going to go to the church, did you know that they match that? You better believe it. Facebook will match it. If you're, if you're giving $4,000 tithe, what do they do? They come in and do, they'll double it. They'll do the same thing. And here's the point. They don't care where you're giving it at either. As long as you are giving out, they'll match it. There are um, investment institutions, JP Morgan, and on and on it goes. Because we've had people from New York and that area, they'll send, they'll send their tithe and right on top of it, the company that they work for will double it. Why? Because they're, they're giving. They're, they're giving. Did you know that before Satan was kicked out of heaven, he saw how God's financial grid operates? Did you know he saw all of that? He saw all of that. And so if you're on his side and you're in darkness and you want to rise up, he's going to work the same system, but he's going to work it his way. That's why all of them, I, I, look, I, I don't care if you're a Christian and you're an adamant non-tither. I, you need to, you need to look at the reality that all of those secular organizations, many of them that hate God, that have anti-Christian policies, they're all tithing organizations. I don't believe it. Pastor Stephen, go look, go look. They all tithe. You don't think George Soros is a tither. <laughs> you better believe he is. Well, Pastor Stephen, I never saw him go in the church and give a tithe. No, no, no. He didn't give it to the church. <laughs> But he still paid it, and so did Bill. So did Bill Gates. You better believe they do. Why? Because Satan saw the grid. He knows how it works. And if you're going to work it on his side, you want to rise up on his side. You are going to pay tithe one way or another. Absolutely, absolutely. They know these rules work. Look, I sat down one day a couple of years back. I grabbed that book called The Secret, the, the you know the Law of Attraction. And I read it, I read the whole book, took me about two hours, read the whole thing. And when I finished it, I felt, I felt this is a filthy, dirty book. Does it work? Oh, yes. Yes. Why? It is the dark side taking biblical principles and working it for what? For selfish purposes. 
for selfish purposes. But does it work? Yes. Yes. Uh, if, if you do all of that stuff and you don't know Jesus, will you die in your sins and go to hell? Yes, absolutely. But will it produce? Yes, absolutely. But it locks you into the selfish realm. Tithing is one of the first gateways to blocking selfishness in a person's life. Mm, I'm hitting some of you really hard. Why? Because I love wisdom and I hate seeing people hit the wall. I, I know many of them, I know they're going to hit the wall. Why? They're stubborn and disobedient. <laughs> and then they hit the wall. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I have all these, I have all these problems. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Wisdom is the what? It's the principal thing. It's the principal thing. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. So you have all of these ungodly secular institutions that they, they pay tithe. Now they may pay it to Planned Parenthood. They may pay it to the abortion clinic. Starbucks does. They may pay it to here. They may pay it to there. Here's the bottom line. You better believe they're paying it. Why? They know how the system works. They know that when you do that, something enables them to keep increasing. So they are taking biblical principles and they're twisting them. And then yet a Christian will sit over here and say, we don't need to tithe. We, we can just have church underneath the tree. If it rains, we'll open up our umbrellas. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then they'll say, uh, Pastor Stephen, he talks about money. My friends, you cannot live on this planet without money. Have you ever noticed that? You can't have children without having money. You have to be able to feed them, clothe them. Uh, even if you go out into the remote wilderness and all you want to do is live by yourself, you're still going to need money to buy off-the-grid equipment. Mm-mm. Very, very interesting. Praise God. My friends, I believe today I'm speaking to a group of men and women, of boys and girls, even we do have young people that tithe, absolutely. And I believe that you are full of the wisdom of God. I believe that you are saturated with the wisdom of God. If your arm has to be twisted by me or some other preacher to get you to obey the scriptures, something's already wrong. Praise the Lord. But I'm here to try to explain the scriptures so that you can see why it works. And you can say, well, that certainly makes sense. I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> and then as you're obedient, and of course the enemy, he'll test you in these areas. But as you are obedient, you will see the goodness of God. And you will see that God's principles, uh, they'll hold you up. They are principles. You know, airplanes don't fly by luck. Airplanes don't fly by the seed of their plants. Let's get them up there and hopefully we can get them back down here without crashing. No, they operate on principles. They have figured out the laws of aerodynamics. Men and women figured it out. Smart engineers figured it out. That's why the plane goes up. As long as it has fuel, it'll stay up. Praise God. That's not luck. That's not like, well, that, that, look at the, no, no, that, that is something that's operating on laws. And until you get over into the area of working with God on his eternal laws, can I show you how long they're going to last just in case maybe you uh, are wondering if they're still in operation today? 
Let me show you very quickly. Genesis chapter 8. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. They're still working today. You, you do know they could have flown an airplane back in the year of 1215. They could have flown an airplane in the year of uh, 3200 B.C. How come they didn't, Pastor Stephen? They had, nobody unraveled the laws of flight. But the same planes that are flying today would have flown back then. We just didn't know the laws. And it, what you don't know, you can't operate in. Hmm. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth remains, put your foot down and touch it so it's still here. By the way, the earth is not going anywhere. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. You will always, always, even uh, 20 billion years from now, you will always have laws of seed time and harvest. Why? They're eternal. They're eternal. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, I would say, work with the Lord. Obey the Lord. Not only gather wisdom and go after wisdom, but walk in the light of it. God said the tithe belongs to Him. What is tithing? The systematic giving of 10% of all of your income and increase to the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I see... I see Proverbs chapter 3 now coming to you. Let me read that one to you. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Just like you can honor God with your wealth, you can also dishonor Him and refuse to give Him the tithe. And, uh, uh, and you can honor the energy company more than God. You can honor the electric company more than God. Hmm. But honor the Lord with your possessions. How do you do that? Put the tithe first. Pay the tithe first. Not last or not, not when, well, we don't have anything left over. I guess we can't tithe. No, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. There's the overflow. There's the plenty. Now you're talking about your destiny. We're not talking about survival. We're not trying to talk about just fight off a few little bills, you know, struggling with the energy bill, struggling with filling the car up with gas. <laughs> Lord, hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Stop thinking survival and start thinking I am a giver. My needs are not only met. I'm in the overflow. Mm -mm. My friends, you're looking at a tithing preacher. You're looking at a tithing man and you're looking at a tithing ministry. Praise God. This ministry will pay tithe until I go home to be with Jesus. Amen. And I will be giving God any personal tithe that comes to me. I'll be giving him the tithe. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, that must be, you must be lucky. I heard you just signed a big contract. Yes, we just signed the largest television contract that we have ever signed before. Well, Pastor Stephen, you, you sure are a lucky preacher. I'll tell you what. No, I'm a tithing preacher. Hallelujah. Amen. And I believe in Proverbs 3, verse 9 and verse 10, that there is plenty and that there is overflow. Praise God. Let me put up a, a picture right now on the screen. We just signed with the new network. 
and along with being on another channel on DirecTV, which reaches all of America, we are also being placed on AsiaSat 5. You see that imagery? That's the footprint of the other satellite that we're now stepping over onto. In just a few more weeks, uh, our programs will begin to air there. Well, Pastor Stephen, that looks like that covers everything from Russia all the way down to Australia. Yeah, it sure does. And everything in between. And this satellite specializes in beaming down primarily to English-speaking people in those nations within that satellite footprint, which includes also all, let me say it again, all of Asia. There's a lot of Asian people that speak English. What's the satellite footprint? 2.3 billion souls. Now think about that just for a moment. I'm not sitting over here just trying to pay a water bill. I'm trying to get the gospel preached to all the world. I do not believe I can fulfill my destiny without being a tither. And I don't believe that you can either. Why? Because if we want the fullness of what God has planned for us, it requires, not suggest, it requires that we walk in obedience, that we walk in wisdom, that we walk in obedience. I'm a tither. Amen. Pastor Stephen, you think people are going to be watching? Well, here's another picture. What do you think about this picture? This is a uh, typical nation, uh, uh, particular, uh, you know, like a developing nation. That, that, my friends, and you have to look kind of at it closely. It's a lot uh, there for your mind to kind of pull in. You, you might think, what in the world is that? That's just a normal uh, apartment residence. And all of those residences, every single one has a what? They have a satellite dish. They all do. I've traveled all over those parts of the world. Their satellite dishes almost every single home. Amen. And we are going on Asia Sat 5, which covers all of that, all of it, over uh, a footprint of over 2 billion people, as well as getting, again, on another DirecTV channel. Whoo, praise God. And that covers all of America. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. My friends, don't play games. With your destiny? Don't play games with the plan that God has for your life. God's got this awesome plan over, your, over here for your life, and you're trying to figure out, who should I pay? Should I pay God and give God his tithe, or should I pay this bill over here? Well, hey, that's between you and the Lord. But if I were you, I would walk in wisdom. Because remember, the majority of people's troubles in life, they're not money problems. They are wisdom problems. Amen. And having said that, let us now bring the tithe and the holy offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. If you prefer to mail in your tithe and your offering, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. Woo! Now, if you want to bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so, watch this, from anywhere in the world, as long as you can get on the internet, okay? So, you can go to stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage. It's the header up top, and it says, Give Online. You can click that, and it takes you to the giving page, and there's the little drop-down menu. There's the one for the tithe. That's 10% of your income. And then there's the one for the offering, 
when you want to give God an offering and it comes right into the storehouse and we keep preaching the gospel, we keep filling the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Amen. And thank you for helping me to do that. Can't do it without you. Praise God. Which means what? Which means we share in the eternal rewards together. Together, together, together. And I'm so glad that we are partnering together to take the gospel to the nations of the world. Amen. Now, Father, bless your people with wisdom. With wisdom. Let the light come on. And let them walk in the fullness of their destiny and all that you have for them. Let nothing be missed. Now, Father, we give you praise. We give you all of the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And together we say, Amen. Praise God. Praise God today. Let's take our Bibles and go over today to the Gospel of John. And I want to share something today that is quite meditative. It really makes you want to think in a good way. And you're going to like this today because this is talking about the soil of your heart. And there are different types of soil. Just like, um, you know, they, they say the land of Ukraine. I've never been to Ukraine. But the, there's the part of Ukraine that is the breadbasket for Europe. And they say that the top soil is about 15 feet deep. And it's nothing but black, rich, fertile topsoil. Wow. Amazing. Well, there's other places where you could have soil or maybe the soil looks okay, but all of the nutrients have been stripped out of it. And there's other places where the soil is just not good. Maybe there's not enough soil. Maybe it's sand. So you're limited as to what you could grow. But let's talk about the fertile soil of your heart, making it fertile. We're going to be in John chapter 15. Let's pray. Father, as we're going into your word today, we ask that your word would have full entrance into our hearts, that we will develop a fertile soil heart. Thank you, Father. Let us take the sayings of Jesus and get them down into our spirit so that we can enjoy the tremendous productivity of fruit that will bring you glory and certainly will make our lives more colorful. Thank you, Father, for this in Jesus' name, and say amen. John chapter 15, let's go to verse 5. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Now look at verse 7. If you abide in me, and again we have the conditional word, if. So that means uh, this is something that we might do or might not do. But this, uh, as we make a confession, this is something that we certainly will do. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Now that abiding means to reside or to be inside of you on a continual basis. My words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So if we continually are allowing the words of Jesus, God's word to abide, to really be vibrant 
and at the forefront of our thought life on a, on a consistent basis, then we have the ability to ask what we desire. So this goes beyond needs or basics that we would say, or just the essentials. This is even over now in the, the realm of desire. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. I do think it's very interesting that when you are thanking and feeding yourself with the words of the Lord, that what happens is that even your desires become filtered. They get regulated. And what happens is that your request to the father become very accurate. Have you ever asked God for things and uh, some, some of those things, of course, they never happened. And you look back and you, you know, maybe some uh, time or even some years went by and you think, you know, those requests were maybe, um, maybe kind of like, uh, not on target. Maybe they were even, maybe we could say like, uh, selfish or, or very transient, but there are things that you can ask that the moment you ask it, God gives you the thumbs up, says yes, because they are, they're very, very accurate. So when you are really concentrating on the word of God, there's a filtering with your desires. Praise God. Now, verse eight, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And remember that my friends, God wants you to be very, very fruitful. So you will be my disciples. It is a truth that we need to embrace that discipleship takes a lot of focus. If you've noticed what Jesus is saying here, this takes a lot of focus. I would also say it takes a lot of what we would call applied effort. And it also is going to require intentional prayer and meditation upon what he said. So that the words that he said which we know are true. Now we're going to acknowledge technically, intellectually, we know it's true, but we've got to get it down into our spirit so that it produces this vibrant faith. Praise God. And that demands concentration. Mm. Wow. Word concentration, by the way, keeps your heart consecration. Let me say that again. Word concentration, concentration where you're digesting the word word concentration keeps your heart's consecration. Your consecration is your walk with God. The word consecration can always mean uh, a separated life, a life that is devoted to the Lord. And your consecration of course is very important to God. And so much of that is established out of your personal life, your personal time, your devotional time with God. Praise God. But there is something about the Word and its ability to cleanse you, to keep you clean as you ingest it, as you read it and meditate it and get it into your spirit. There is a cleansing grace that takes place. So therefore, your concentration on the Word also works with your consecration within your heart, within your life and your walk with God. Praise the Lord. And as you are also laboring in a sense to abide in Jesus and to abide in his word, 
as you do that, it's going to build something that will bring you to a, I, I would call it a reaction, like a trigger, a good trigger reaction, praise God. And we see that in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 17. So, before we leave John 15, so you're going to abide in the Lord, and His Word is going to abide in you. You're going to really keep it cooking in there all the time. Something always on the stove of your heart. Praise God. Now, let's go over to Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. Well, that tells us initially the number one problem is not having the right faith or not having enough faith. So he says, faithless and perverse generation. That sounds a lot like our generation where we are living in a time where, of course, many are not walking in faith, and there's also a lot of perversity in many parts of our culture and society today. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Uh, a legitimate question, and also a very uh, good question in the sense they wanted to know. It'd be like having a, a sports team, and you're on the team, and you thought you could win. Uh, the coach told you, you have, to, you have the talent, you have the ability to win, and you go out and you, you get beat. So you come back and you basically say, well, what happened? Well, in this case, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. So the root problem here is unbelief. Now, I want you to know that when you abide in Jesus and his words are abiding in you, I mean, I mean, you're in it every single day. And yes, that again, that discipleship, it takes a lot of effort. This is not something that you come by casually. This takes a tremendous application of your focus. Um, uh, in other words, we're not trying to read the Bible when we're about half falling asleep. No, we're actually giving God our best. We're getting up early, spending time with God in prayer, spending time with God uh, in His Word. And so we, we, we are serious about being disciples. But when you do that, and you're hanging out with the Lord in your devotional time, and you are allowing His words to abide in you, then uh, what happens here can happen to you also, which is good. He said, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith. Now, this mustard seed faith is produced when you are meditating on the Word of God. Okay? So, he said, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain. So th this is what happens is that as you abide in the Lord and as his word abides in you, faith begins to build up almost like a volcanic experience. And you're looking for a release of that spiritual energy. You don't want to consume it within yourself. You want there to be the release of that. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I do feel like I'm about ready to explode with faith. What do I do? 
you, you shift from praying about the problem to now talking to the problem. You shift from praying to God about the mountain. Now you actually speak to the mountain. Wow. Praise the Lord. And Jesus said, you will say to this mountain, well, Pastor Steve, I don't know if we should talk to problems. I don't know. I know Jesus talked to a fig tree and all this and that and the other. I don't know if we should do that. No, he said to. He said, you will say to this mountain. So you need to talk to the mountain when that strong faith is there. That when the word has been abiding in you and it's producing, producing faith, and you, and you hit that reaction moment where it wants to just be released, what do you do? You say to the mountain. What do you say to it? Move from here to there. And it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. And I'm, I'm telling you, it will move. But you have to talk to it. But you speak to it out of a position of fullness. Not starvation. Not an anemic uh, spirit. You speak out of a position of strength and power from having meditated and uh, consumed and ingested the words of the Lord. And yes, it helps with your consecration. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, very quickly, let's go over to the gospel of Luke chapter eight. Praise God. Mm -mm. Luke chapter eight. Let's go to verse four. Some of you, you need to talk to your mountain. Maybe you did it a little bit every now and then. You need to stay on it. Well, Pastor Stephen, how do I stay consistent where I keep hitting it? You have to stay filled up. It takes a lot of work, doesn't it? Amen. You need to give God at least an hour a day. Now, we're still getting up every morning. We're putting an hour of prayer time in. Sometimes you come out of that hour of prayer time, you feel energized. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. And then maybe you put a little bit of word on top of that. And what should you do? Well, whatever mountain you would have in your life, tell it to leave, command it to get up and move out of your life. And you can tell it where to go. Amen. Go, go jump into the bottom of the ocean or whatever. <laughs> right. But tell it to get out. Tell it to get out. Speak to it. Yes. Amen. But to do that, you really have to, you have to be working into the word. Amen. Now, Luke chapter eight, verse four. And when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't, uh, uh, pull out a big chalkboard and take a big piece of chalk and start writing E equals MC squared. And then say, now I'm going to explain to all of y'all the theory of relativity. Play careful attention because if you don't understand it, you can't be saved. I think most people would have walked off and said, well, we don't know about relativity. All we know about is uh, putting a seed in the ground, growing some plants. So we got to figure out something to do for our harvest season. So Jesus, he'll meet you where you're at, and he'll give you these simple truths, and you can take them and work them in your life. So the first one, the seed was trampled down, the birds of the air devoured it. Verse 6, some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. 
but others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. I know that's what you're after, and God wants to take you into that. Let's do it, okay? Let's find out more about it. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I prayed today, as the wisdom anointing is flowing, that spiritual ears be opened to the ways of God's kingdom. Praise God. Now, verse 11. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, and sometimes on even other uh, uh, special occasions, I come before you as a spiritual farmer, doing what? Sowing seed, which is the Word of God, into you. Whereat into you? Into the soil of your heart. Why? Because I want you to have the hundredfold blessing working in your life. Praise God. So, the parable is this, the seed is the Word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. So they, they actually do hear it. And then the devil comes and takes away the Word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So it is possible to even hear the gospel message preached in a very clear and understanding way so that you can know how to avoid hell and go to heaven so that you can know how to have your sins forgiven and receive eternal life. But if you don't act upon it, if you don't obey immediately, then Satan will come and he'll steal it. And uh, he'll make it an announcement about another party that, that's starting in 10 minutes and how you, you've still got time to make it to the party or rush out. And that very message will be stolen, taken from your, even your memory. Praise the Lord. He can even try to work at times in the life of Christians in this sense where they hear the word and the moment they walk out, uh, there's all these things like birds of the air that will try to uh, swoop in and get that seed because the enemy knows that the seed is going to do what it's going to do. The entire DNA code of purpose is contained within that seed. But so important is the soil because you can have the right seed in the wrong soil and it won't work. You could take seed. There's a, we have a, um, asphalt parking lot out here. I could go out there and sow seed all day long, but as long as I'm sowing seed on asphalt, it's not going to grow. Not one bit. And I know who's, what's going to happen. The birds are going to see it. They're going to fly down and they're going to eat all the seed. And it's a waste of the seed. So we want to have the right heart soil. Praise the Lord. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, Receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. In Mark's gospel, he said in time of temptation, in time of testing, uh, there, there are those who just drop out. But my friends, those times will come, but you can stand when you have roots that go down deep. And we do see today... Uh, what has been like a, like a uh, kind of like a, a bandwagon. Seems like it's like exciting to get on it for certain uh, popular, well-known Christian musicians. Not all of them, of course. We have many solid ones that are still standing strong, representing Christ. But we've had many others who folded, 
who have folded during uh, because of pressure that socially has been put upon them to uh, conform with whatever uh, perversity their nation or their culture would be embracing. And so they have caved to that pressure. And then they go on uh, YouTube or they go on TikTok and they talk about how uh, they are no longer a Christian and blah, 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 and all of this. And I tell you what, there's not, I don't feel sorry for a one of them. I don't feel sorry for one of them. There, uh, it's a sellout, cowardly type thing. And the truth be known is that many of them are even getting monetary kickbacks for doing this because there are other entities that tried to persuade those with influence to do that. But I tell you what, we're holding strong all the way. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, glory to God. Those people that sell out Jesus and turn their backs on him. You know what the truth is? They've been shallow the whole time. They've never had any roots. We've all known it. Those of us that do have roots, we've known it. We've known how flaky and flighty they've been the whole time. How can we tell? By their language, by their words, by their messages that have no bite, by their music that has no proclamation about the blood of Christ uh, or about conviction of sin. They've never had anything to do with that. So when it's gotten hot, there's no surprise that they've withered. Now, we do pray that they come back to the Lord and they get right with the Lord and repent publicly. Praise the Lord, and then begin to serve the Lord with fervency. Praise God. Not with this fickle type of devotion. No, praise God. Go all the way. Be hot or be cold, but don't play the lukewarm game. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Now, you have to watch out for what I call the chokehold of the Word, because this is the area where you have believers that want to do right, and they are actually hearing the Word, so they are making an effort, and they are listening. But what happens is that this chokehold begins to try to hit them. And with, with almost everybody in the world now, even some of the most undeveloped nations, still, guess what? Almost all of them have cell phones. So with almost everybody on the planet now having a cell phone, you have a, a potential chokehold right there through all of the apps and all of these distractions that can distract. And they are designed by experts to uh, pull you over there. Snapchat is a team uh, of people that understand the psyche of teenagers and young kids. And everything that they're doing is done to influence them and grab their attention. Instagram understands if they push feed things to you that according to their uh, logarithms show things that you like, they know that the eye candy is too much for most people. And although a person may say, I'm only going to check my post, uh, they, you're going to see the other thing out of the corner of the eye, and you are only wanting to spend 10 minutes 
to keep your account updated. And the next thing you know, you've had two hours because you just had a, a fun time of looking at all this stuff. Maybe it's puppy dogs. Maybe it's looking at nature or, you know, animals or whatever it might be or cool stuff. But what happened to all of your time? And so what happens is that that predominance of the word, which has to abide in you forefront, uh, that starts to uh, fade out. It starts to like vaporize and go away. And now all of this other stuff starts crowding in. And now that scripture that you were just chewing on and you were carrying around with you like a book almost, it's like, it's like you were just carrying that thing with you in your heart, the soul of your heart, in your mind. Now, now you can't even think of a single scripture. You, you, you can't think of even one. And all of this other stuff has come in. So while there is a good part of social media, there's another part because like TikTok, uh, they, they understand uh, human emotions. They understand the elements of the brain and how it works. And they tried to capture the youth and they're, they're using this. They're using their weaknesses against them and intentionally knowing that and not having any problem with their conscience about doing that. But you have to be careful. You have to know yourself. If you go on YouTube, uh, you know, if I pull up YouTube on my phone, uh, I don't see all of the extra stuff. But if I look at YouTube on my laptop, I, I see, wow, look at all of these other videos over here. Wow. How to bake the best sourdough bread. Wow. That looks really good. Um, how to um, remodel a 1940 car. Well, that looks cool. I wonder how they did the paint job. And before you know it, you could enter into a world of endless knowledge that uh, could take up hours and hours and hours of time. That's why Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words are abiding in you, you can be my disciples. I'm telling you, there's a severe price tag to discipleship. It takes intense effort to focus. Why, why is it that so many people fail in life? I'm, I'm talking about believers. Broken focus? Broken focus. And now in our culture and society, we have more. Uh, uh, see, back, back then, let's go back 70 years. You had the newspaper, right? <laughs> and radio. That's it. Newspaper and radio. So if you didn't really care much about the newspaper, all you have to deal with is the radio. And you didn't have all the things that we have today that um, are now a part of the world in which we live in. Now, of course, many of these things, again, they can, they can be good, but you have to know your strengths, also know your weaknesses so that you are on guard so that you don't get choked. You don't get into this chokehold. Now there are ways to get out of a chokehold, just like in martial arts. If you are in a chokehold, there are a few ways to get out of that. Not many. And you are in a time limit because if they're clamping down, you're going to start running out of oxygen. Okay. You could bite, uh, you could gouge the eyes or there's, and there's another thing you could do also. Um, but in the spiritual realm, also, if you feel that, you know, Pastor Stephen, I, I do feel like the chokehold of the world is like, well, wow, what do I need to do? Okay. You need to, you need to slow down. And you need to get back into the word and start building yourself back up because look, your faith is not going to work without it. You're not going to work without it. Even with the knowledge that you have of the word and, and the understanding that what Jesus says is absolute truth. So it should work. It's not going to work without the faith. And you're going to have to make those efforts, concentrated efforts to keep your faith up there. 
spending time with the Lord, uh, meditating on his words, keeping that there. Wow. And it'll work for you. So what are we dealing with? We're dealing with the, with the heart issue of the right type of soil. Mm -mm. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they heard go out and are choked with cares, riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Look, I like pleasure. I'd rather sleep in a comfortable bed than sleep on a dirt floor uh, or, or on a rock. Uh, I, I understand asceticism. I'm not an ascetic. I understand monasticism and the things that many of the desert fathers did and many of the things that uh, many of the uh, mystic saints have gone through. But while, while I'm not an ascetic, I do also understand the flip side of the dangers of comfort. And there's a place I don't want too much of it. Why? I, I like a certain element of ruggedness. That's why you have gravity. Oh, Pastor Steve, I don't like gravity. But if it, it, gravity helps your muscles. If you don't have gravity, you end up like the astronauts in space. When they come back after three months, they can't walk anymore. And all of their muscles have atrophied. And they can't even get up off of a bed. So you do need resistance in life. Whoa, praise the Lord. Mm. Watch out for these things. Don't be trapped by them. Praise God. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it. Keep it and bear fruit. Watch this with patience. So here's the thing. You're going to keep it. You're going to do it. You're going to apply it. The fruit will come forth, but it takes patience. It takes patience. You know, um, two years ago, uh, Kelly and I planted an apple tree. Uh, the apple tree is hers. And right next to it, about uh, 20 feet away, I planted a cherry tree. The cherry tree is mine. So they were both planted at the same time. It took two years. The first year, there was very, very little fruit. But this year, there's apples all over that tree. And this is even after the deer have eaten a whole bunch of them. <laughs> there's still some for us, praise God. And the cherry tree did really good this year also. Now, now look, you're, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to be in that place. Watch this. You're going to be in that place where your nearness with the Lord is so close and his word is so strong in your heart and bearing so much fruit in your, in the soil of your heart that you can even ask what you desire and God gives it to you. Oh, Pastor Stephen, when I get to that point, I, I've got to ask God for, for $10 billion. You know, people get all kinds of, see, all the filtering. All the cleansing, see, all, all of that goes on when you meditate the Word. It washes, it cleanses, and what you want is what God wants for you. Anything that God can't get to me, I, I don't want it. I don't want it. If God can't get it to me, then my hand is never supposed to hold it. I don't want anything to do with it. Mm -mm. And there are some things out there that are like that. Praise the Lord. Now, I didn't even say they were sinful, but they don't, they don't pertain to my calling, my plan, my path that God has for me. I have no interest in them. Praise God. Nor am I going to try to pursue them. 
Praise the Lord. Amen. So you can have your desires. He'll give them. But I tell you, that word filters and matures. Woo, praise God. Break the chokehold right now in the name of Jesus. Rise up. Let all this silly stuff and thorns and briars and all of this silly stuff, see it for the temporal distraction that it is and take time to get into the word and get strong, get strong. That's what Jesus told the apostles that he said, that's why it's not working because there's no faith. There's no faith. <laughs> but when you have it, you could even tell a mountain to move. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? It doesn't even take that much of it. I mean, it's incredible what you can generate in an hour and a half. The faith that you can generate in an hour and a half is incredible. It even only takes a mustard seed of it, and you can, you can make mountains move. But in a day and age in which the average American uh, pastor only prays for eight or nine minutes a day, that's the culture and society that we're living in now. Well, Pastor Stephen, if he's not praying, what, what in the world is he doing? Oh, they're designing a new light show. They're designing a, a, a more advanced sound system. Oh, that's cool. I like all of that. But that's not going to move mountains. But it's staggering what you can do in prayer and sitting down with an open Bible and just letting the Holy Spirit kind of lead you. Staggering what you can do in an hour or an hour and a half, but, but much less too. Uh, we don't want to, uh, I don't want to pull people into the twilight zone where I think we're having enough challenge hitting the hour barrier, <laughs> breaking that, right? But it's, it's staggering what you can do with an hour and a half uh, of, the, uh, of the energy spiritually that that generates within you to finish that devotional time and stand up and out of your mouth speak, even with mustard seed faith and command mountains to move out of your life. Staggering, staggering. Pastor Steve and I have great faith. Well, calm down. You, you, you can do incredible stuff with mustard seed faith. Just a mustard seed of it will move a mountain. Now you start getting stronger than that. Wow. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lift up your hands. Father, I pray right now that any chokehold on your people be broken right now off the soil of their heart. The enemy is attempting to defile their garden. Now, Father, let the soil be fertile, and they're going to bear much fruit. They're going to bear the hundredfold. That's your very best for their life, and it's going to be beautiful. Now, thank you, Father. Now, give them your grace to, to be a good disciple, to take care of that fertile soil. So they are hundredfold material. I know they are. I know they are. Thank you, Father God. I speak great blessing over your people. Thank you, Father. Let them be very careful with the dangers of weeds and briars that choke. Let them be very careful with that. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Father. I thank you that they're going to bear much fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I see you being a highly productive Christian. I see you being a very, very highly productive Christian. And you know what? It brings glory to God. Oh yeah. There'll be critics. Who cares? Anytime you get the hundredfold, there's persecution, but I'll tell you what your life is going to bring tremendous glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise God. Amen. 
If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus, don't wait another minute. Get your life right with God. Make your peace with God today. Get on the glory train to heaven. Pray this prayer right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I repent of all of my sins. I ask you to come into my life right now. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, O God, for saving me. Jesus, step into my life and lead me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Woo! Hallelujah. The angels are rejoicing and dancing. Hallelujah. Because you just got your life right with God. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. My friends, let's take Holy Communion together because we don't want any of the seed of the Word sown today stolen. Not one seed. Mm -mm. See, when Abraham was making the covenant with God, he had the sacrifices cut in half and all laid out. What happened? The birds of the air came and they tried to take the sacrifice. What was meant for God as a holy sacrifice, these birds are going to, they're coming and they're trying to take it. They're probably some pretty big uh, vultures. There's no telling what was trying to swoop in there and get it. Abra it says Abraham fought them off. Amen. So fight these things off to try to steal the seed. Amen. Guard it, protect it. And that's why we're going to take communion. Amen. So the, the, the word sown today produces the hundredfold. Praise God. Grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread. Let's pray. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. Through this prayer, we set it apart. We consecrate it as being holy. And we thank you that as we receive it, we receive now the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, we thank you for the Lord's body. We thank you for strength. We thank you for good soil. We thank you that that obviously takes work. It just doesn't happen uh, on its own. So, Father, help us to be good gardeners over our hearts. Thank you, Father God. We thank you. Help us to avoid these crazy distractions and uh, chokeholds that can grab we thank you. We thank you for your wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake of the Lord's body together. You know, the Lord's wisdom makes you too smart for the devil. Mm -mm. And he is a supernatural being. But he is a fallen being, and he is a conquered being. Praise God. Amen. The wisdom of God is above all. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's beautiful and mighty cleansing power. Father, if anyone has sinned against us, we forgive them. We, we forgive them. We bless them. And we go on with you. Focused on what you've called us to do. as Together as a body of believers. And also even with individual assignments. We thank you. We thank you, Father God, that your grace is more than enough. Father, as we receive the Lord's blood, we thank you that Jesus said without him we can't do anything. So, Lord, through your empowerment for your glory, 
Help us to bear much fruit. Thank you, O God. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink together. You're going to bear a whole lot of fruit. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, let this be a breakout, breakthrough, miracle week for your people. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This week, keep working with the soil of your heart so that the uh, word can produce mightily and keep seeking the Lord early. And I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.